Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Mina Adnani. Hello, Mina. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you, Amy? I'm really well, thank you. And where are you speaking at the moment? Where Where's home for you right now? I am right now in Indonesia where the sun is always shining. Uh, we don't have the four uh, different seasons like most countries. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> and shining, that's an important part for you. It says strong and shine behind you in your background. <laughs> yes, shining is so important. Tell me more about that. Well, well, as I'm about to tell you, I just got goosebumps because shining for me is us as women. I think it doesn't matter what culture we come from. Most of us have been conditioned to fit in. And the sad part of it is when we were born, we did not have this notion of wanting to fit in. We always just expressed ourselves in the most beautiful way. You know, like as a kid, if you feel like you want to dance in a public place, you just do. You do all sorts of things just to be able to creatively express yourself. But then as you grow up, you are told about how you should behave, what you should say, how you should speak. And over time, we end up dimming our light and we end up just wanting to fit in. So I think it's ironic that we grew up as, as kids, we just want to stand out. And then our whole adult life, we struggle with, you know, fitting in because we are struggling to find our truth and speak our truth. So it's quite a, an ironic situation. And my goal in life is to be able to help people shine their light. I love that. And I'm with you on that 100%. I, sh- I shine the light on people's purpose. And that's what this show is Absolutely. all about. It's bringing yeah. people in. So tell me, what is it you're doing right now? So I'll just backtrack a little bit and tell you first about what I used to do so that it makes a bit more sense. I used to be in corporate. I am a lawyer. I uh, practiced as a lawyer um, for quite a few years. I qualified in the UK and New York. And then after practicing law for many years, I just felt it wasn't my thing. It wasn't my calling. And over time, I expanded my portfolio to oversee business development, sales and marketing. As much as it was really exciting and, you know, people usually leave corporate because they're jaded. For me, it wasn't even that. I really loved the corporate world. But the reason I left was because uh, I had two things happen. One was um, when I was still in corporate in 2016, I lost 100% of my finances because I had trusted someone else in my uh, extended family to handle the finances. And one overnight, it was gone. And then this, uh, and in two years, I rebuilt myself. And so when I rebuilt myself in two years, the second reason I left corporate was because I felt that was my calling and it was something that 
was very strong in me that if I was able to build success twice, I just felt it was something I needed to help other women do the same. So tell me, that must have been quite a traumatic period. I mean, you, you sort of breezed through, oh, two years later, I rebuilt it. But talk yeah. to me about those two years. Sure. Yeah, well, you know, it's quite, a, it's a good question. And it's quite, uh, there's, there's a lot there. I mean, first of all, I would say I'm not the same person I used to be. Because when you have been through such a traumatic um, experience, it really changes you for life. And in some cases, people change for the worse. I always think that when you go through something difficult in life, you have a choice and people don't realize this. You have a choice. You either can become more bitter or you can become more better. And for me, I've always believed in self-empowerment. I've always believed in learning and growing from my experiences. So initially, it was a very, very difficult thing to accept because I don't come from a background where success was something that was, you know, expected out of me. Being a girl of Indian, you know, family, I was expected to get married at the age of 17, but I didn't have those dreams. My dreams was like, I wanted to be able to build my empire. I wanted to be successful. I didn't want to just get married to someone who would tell me how I should live my life, what I should be doing. I wanted to live life on my terms because I really believed in purpose, even though I was a kid. And so losing that, that fi the finances wasn't just about losing money. It felt as if I lost my identity. It felt as if I lost my why. It felt, I felt betrayed. Um, there were so many emotions and it got to a point where I felt I just didn't want to live anymore. I really, every morning I would wake up and I would think about how do I end my life? But because I've always been someone who's resilient and always looking for a way to get myself through difficult situations, I kind of taught myself a lot of things. One of the things I taught myself was just to show up in life, just small things, you know, put your feet on the floor, get up, you know, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, just one step at a time. And the second thing I had to really um, reflect on was, what is the one thing no one can ever take away from me? Even though my money was gone, what is the one thing nobody can take away from me? And I realized the one thing no one can take away from me was my resilience because that was what got me to where I got to. Because it's very uncommon for you to see anyone be qualified in the UK and New York as a lawyer, let alone an Asian girl like me from Indonesia, you know. And I felt, okay, this is a time I need to really tap into my own power, recognize the ability I have to be able to recreate what I lost. So it was from then on that I really shifted. I, I changed as a person. Spiritually, I became much more awakened. I was very uh, focused on my own personal growth because, you know, I really like this quote and I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was Zig Ziglar who said that, you know, the level of your success is always directly related to the level of your um, growth, personal growth. And that's why I was very, very focused on growing myself. And as I started focusing on my own growth, my own spiritual awakening, I was able to create more opportunities for myself. I started mentoring companies. I started mentoring um, women. And over time, I was able to hit my first seven figures in two years. Well, that's incredible. And I'm really impressed with what you, you shared just now. And it, I mean, it is, it sounds so traumatic. It really does. And, and yet, yeah. as you say, the fact that 
your history, the, the experiences that you'd already had that had shaped you and proven to yourself that you could achieve whatever you set your mind to, took you through that, the resilience that you speak of. And now it's funny because I have a lot of people come on the show where trauma has been the catalyst for their calling. Now, you, you felt your calling come from this disaster. Yeah. And you said that potentially you could still be in the corporate world had this not happened. So now that you know that it is your calling to help other women do the same, what have you gone on to do, Mina? So I left corporate in 2018. And since then, I have been mentoring women and women-led businesses. And so I have, I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I have my masterminds. I have my group coaching. And it's really interesting. You know, I really love your, um, your vision with this podcast. You talk about focusing on the why, right? And for me, even though over 20 years I qualified uh, not only as a lawyer, but I did business and marketing for so long. But ever since I started rebuilding myself and I started mentoring women, I realized that a lot of the women had very similar struggles. It wasn't at first I used to think, OK, maybe they were struggling with a business or they were struggling with the marketing aspect of it. But as I started working with them, I realized that the issue that they were having wasn't so much the business aspect of it, but it was realizing their own self-worth, realizing that they had what it took to get to that next level of success, whatever that looks like for them. And so now instead of focusing only on business, I started focusing on high performance and self-empowerment. So since then, I have gone on to be focusing on helping women to literally radically shift the way they show up, the way they create the opportunities, how they can move from scarcity to abundance, and how they can really create what they think is impossible. Because if I have been able to do it, I really believe every woman can. So that scarcity to abundance mindset shift, explain to me what it was that sort of led you through that process. Yeah. When I lost my finances, uh, there were a lot of things I needed to relearn. I, I, I guess I should say I needed to unlearn a few things before I could relearn a few things. And the reason I say relearn is because I think we already are uh, spiritually in tune with abundance. But when we come into this world, the way we show up and the way we are conditioned, we kind of keep thinking and focusing on the lack. And so when I went through that financial trauma, I really needed to take time to understand my money story. What was the money story I had? What was the fear I had around money? What were the beliefs I had around money? I mean, the first thing that was that stood out for me was clearly the reason I gave someone else the responsibility to handle my finances was twofold. One was I convinced myself that I wasn't good with money. And the reason I convinced myself I wasn't good with money is because, again, culturally, women were dependent on their husbands for finances. So my conditioning was that women are not in charge of their finances. So despite reaching a certain level of success, I still didn't empower myself. That was one. And second reason I did that was perhaps somewhere along the line in my mind, I kind of felt if I were able to just empower a man, I would not be ridiculed 
to, because, uh, you know, in a lot of cultures, being educated was a great thing. But in my culture, I felt I was ridiculed quite a bit for being educated. And so I felt that if I empowered another man for handling my finances, it would allow him to feel powerful, That thereby making me fit in in a way that would make it acceptable for everybody else. And so these were the things that I had to really come to terms with. And that's why I, over time, learned to just take that power back and shift that mentality. So have you shifted the mentality for the stereotype for your fam in your family, for your for your being an Asian woman and having all of this incredible success? How do people see you now? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I I am also a firm believer that when you change as a person, people around you change. And I think perhaps because I kept feeling judged, I was probably exuding this like energy around me where I was always defensive. And so maybe when people said things or maybe when I was surrounded by certain people, I would be different. But once I started becoming comfortable with who I was, once I started accepting my own success and really being okay with my own validation without expecting other people to validate me, it just didn't bother me what people thought. And when I started showing up differently, interestingly, these conversations were never um, brought up. Things like this would never have been um, addressed like how they used to be before. So it's really interesting. And this is what I usually tell a lot of my clients who want other people to change, who want situations to change. And I constantly talk about how we need to first validate ourselves. We need to first be okay with who we are, build our own self-worth, because then whether you are judged, criticized, or you know praised, it doesn't really change anything for you because you're very clear about who you are and where you want to go. Yeah, I love that. And where is it you want to go now, Mina? What's what's in the pipeline? Oh, I want to go places. I still I still have so many dreams. Um, I my my dreams are so big. As I mentioned, I, I have a group coaching um, programs and masterminds where I help women empower themselves. So it's all about um, radically shifting their mindset so that they can do three things. I talk about confidence, clarity, and creation, you know, being the architect of their own dreams. Um, but my dream is bigger. I want to be able to reach women across the globe and get women to understand that our power resides within us. And it's such a big conspiracy in the world where we are told that we don't have what it takes. And we tend to self-reject because we think we don't have the education. We don't have the, you know, right support. We don't have the whatever skill. And what the message I want to bring to the world is that you have the power to be, do, and have whatever you want. And it doesn't matter what people say. It's what matters is how we view ourselves and the action we are willing to take to align ourselves with our dreams. I have a 100% yes to that, all of that. <laughs> I, I <laughs> totally agree. So having lost your identity and lost your why and that feeling of being betrayed, what, what have you now, what, what do you say your reframe of that all is now? What is the, the identity? Do you, do you identify with a particular 
element? I mean, what is it you say about yourself? Well, I would say in the past, I was much more, I would say, in my masculine energy because I had to really, the word would be struggle. I had to really struggle to get an education. I had to convince my dad. I had to go against the social norms. I had to constantly every day lobby for him to let me continue studying. You know, like O-levels was like one year I would have to, after one year, when I came back to Indonesia, because I was in the UK, every after one year, I would come back to Indonesia, he would be like, no, 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 enough. You don't need to study anymore. I'd be like, no, 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 I need to still do A-levels. So every year I was literally negotiating, you know? And so I was very much in my masculine energy. I was always this go-getter. But when I, so my identity was that. My identity was always like, I needed to be the go-getter. I needed to always be struggling for things. I need to always hustle. But once I went through this trauma and I was able to rebuild my success, I realized that our ability to create what we desire doesn't just lie in this physical world. It lies in the quantum field. And that quantum field is our ability to be able to tap into, you know, a certain frequency, a certain vibration so that we can think as if we've already achieved what we desire before we actually achieve it. So I would say now my identity is very much more balanced between masculine and feminine. And at the same time, I don't really attach myself to things. I attach myself more to purpose, my goal and my vision. So let's talk about this more balance between the masculine and feminine energy. Talk to me about energy and how it shows up. Goosebumps. <laughs> so, you know, we think that we are physical beings having a spiritual experience, but it's actually the opposite. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And what we tend to do is we tend to create what we desire based on our physical reality. So, if there are limitations because we don't have opportunities, we kind of start believing that that's our truth. And likewise, when we feel like we want to be able to achieve certain dreams and desires, but somehow because of the way we've been conditioned, we start believing that that's not possible. And in order for us to be able to create a reality based on our vision, we have to first and foremost understand the importance of energy. What we tend to do is we tend to fight matter with matter. What we don't understand is that everything in this world is energy. Everything and every living thing vibrates at a certain frequency. And when we've been through a difficult situation like a trauma or when we've been through, uh, you know, whatever hardship we've been through, unless and until we learn to let go and heal, we will constantly be vibrating at that frequency, which is the lower vibration. And now we are living at such interesting times where neuroscience and spirituality are actually complementing each other. And even according to neuroscience, our thoughts are magnetic and our thoughts can be measured from outside of our brain, not inside our brain. 
And so if we are able to shift the way we think, the way we feel, and that shift doesn't happen with just chanting affirmations without us wanting to do the work. If we are willing to do the work where we are able to heal either from our traumas, like how I had to forgive the person who, you know, basically lost everything that I had. If we are not willing to heal, we are not able to move from that lower frequency to a higher frequency. And thoughts being magnetic, we will always only attract what we think. So we may be on the superficial level, conscious level saying, oh, I want to, you know, I, I, I am wealthy, I am abundant, and I'm all of these things. But at a subconscious level, if we haven't learned how to change our beliefs, we haven't learned how to heal, we haven't learned how to let go, and we haven't really tapped into the emotion of abundance and knowing that we have abundance already, we don't need to wait to create it, then we will never be able to experience abundance. For me, like I created this vision of buying my dream villa in Bali when I had no money. And so this is a really good example of talking about tapping into abundance. I lost my finances in 2016. And in 2017, I just knew, I just knew in my bones that I was going to own a villa in Bali because that was my dream. So much so that I had a picture of Bali um, on my phone, in my notes on my phone. And every time uh, I had a quiet moment, I would actually look at that picture and smile, knowing that one day it'll happen. I never even for a second had a doubt. I mean, once in a while, I had this question pop up in my head, but where are you going to get the money from? But then I just kind of, again, tuned into how it felt and, I, and that doubt disappeared. And every time I went to Bali, I would ask the agents to show me a few villas. And so they would show me 20 villas, 30 villas. And I would be like, no, nah, this is not my villa. This is not the one I want. This is not the one I want. And then in 2018, when I went again, the same agents lined up three villas. And even at that time, I didn't even know I had hit my seven figures. It just goes to show how I was so driven by my vision that I didn't really focus in on my reality. And when they showed me three villas and I fell in love with one, I had to say, let me go check my bank account. And so I had to go and check my bank account. And then I was quite like, oh, my God, I have so much more than I thought that I wanted. And much more than I needed for the villa, something that I didn't even realize. And so I really believe that it was because I was able to shift the way I felt about money. Because abundance is, abundance actually means there is never any scarcity. And you've mentioned a couple of times, right at the beginning, when we talked about shining as women, that you got goosebumps. You just got goosebumps when I asked you about the masculine and feminine energy. Now, knowing that goosebumps are involuntary, they, they arise from your sympathetic nervous system yes. with, to control your, your flight or, fi or flight responses. But also in those sort of moments where you have that awe, that joy, that excitement, explain to me what it is for you or what do you notice about yourself when you get those goosebumps? Uh, I get excited. And at the same time, uh, so excited that I keep thinking, damn, I wish I knew this when I was in my 20s. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? You know, it is that. So just knowing that, okay, even though I uh, 
know all these things much later in my life. It's still not too late, obviously. And it excites me knowing that with what I have been through, with, you know, like there is, I like this quote as well. I'm a quotes person, as you can tell by now. Um, I like this quote as well, that there is a message in your mess. And just with knowing that everything that I have been through, I am able to use it for the greater good brings me so much joy and pleasure. And I think it's just so interesting. You know, we live in a world where we have like seven and a half billion people. And yet the research shows that more and more people every year feel more and more lonely. And when we realize that every one of us, we may have struggles and our struggles may be unique and different for us. But the truth is in one way or another, everyone goes through something difficult. And once you know that you are not alone in this journey and that you have help and you can access that help, it is such a powerful thing because you are then able to overcome whatever difficulty you are going through. And for me, that's a powerful thing, knowing that I can actually be that person to empower other people. And when they are first walking in this, you know, darkness and depression and just something very small and a shift in terms of mindset can literally change a whole dimension of their life. And I'm sure people are listening now, Mina, and thinking, well, you know, I agree with the abundance. I understand about having this open mindset to understand how to adopt a resilience attitude towards life. But I want to know how Mina did it. Yeah. Uh, How really... The first thing is, you know, as I mentioned, unlearning. A lot of it is was really unlearning. The first thing I had to ask myself was, what were the things that I thought, believed, did, that didn't serve me? Because, of course, a lot of things I did up until the point I lost my finances, a lot of things did serve me. My, my resilience, my ability to build, to to pursue, you know, uh, getting legally qualified in two very difficult jurisdictions and all of that. Um, A lot of things did serve me, but having lost that finances, I had to really sit down and ask myself, what did not serve me? And that question isn't about blaming other people. It's a lot has to do with taking personal responsibility. And, you know, In a situation like this, it's so easy to blame someone else because here I was a victim, right? And it's easy to just blame someone else for my loss. But at the same time, the question I tend to ask myself when I go through something difficult is, what did I do to partake in this? What role did I play in allowing this to happen? So I would say the first thing is really being very self-aware and taking responsibility because if you're not self-aware, you cannot change your own beliefs. You can't change your own thoughts. You can't change your actions. And as we know, it's our actions that lead to the consequences that we, uh, you know, end up um, going through in life. So it really starts with being aware, being aware, taking responsibility. And sometimes we are so buried in our own ego that we're not willing to reflect on ourselves because it's much easier to blame other people. 
Yeah. So I, I'm I'm thinking right now. We you're sharing about the watch. You know what what did not serve me? What did I? Uh, what role did I play in allowing this to happen? And understanding those answers, you then were able to focus on why. What what was you know the core element of what was going to drive you, and then move that into the the how and and then take that forward. I love what you're what you're standing for. I love what you're doing. I love so much about this this story, Mina. And you started out by saying how we we try to fit in. We we start out standing out and then we we spend our entire lives fitting in. And you just mentioned now that of all the, the population of the world, the seven and a half billion billion people, that we are again not fitting in. We're feeling lonely. You know, we're we're going back into that sort of standing out but standing out alone yeah where's the where's the happy medium that we can strike here yeah I think the happy I'm not so sure if it's a medium but I think a happy place would be really first and foremost understanding who we are at the core and the essence of our own self not at a physical level but more as a spirit because the thing that we've been told ever since we were brought up is the identity we have was the identity that was created even before we were born. You know, so for example, I am Indian and I'm a girl and I'm born in an Indian family where I have seven, we're seven, we're eight siblings, seven girls, one boy. And before I was born, there already were a lot of cultural norms, a lot of rules around how a girl should be, what a girl should wear, at what age she should get married, at what age she should have kids. And so when we come to this world, we end up not knowing who we are. We just have no identity. Our identity was already shaped before we were born. And I think the unhappiness comes from us not really knowing who we are, And second, I think at a conscious level, we may not know who we are, but subconsciously, we know who we are. The unhappiness comes from the conflict that happens between our own inner voice and the voice of the world and what you are told, what you should do, who you should be. And interestingly, you know, like I said, I used to think this was more like an Indian girl or an Asian girl problem, but as I started growing and learning more and listening to women CEOs speak and their stories, and you're like, wow, this is a struggle almost every woman I know have gone through, you know? Um, And this constant expectation that you need to be a certain way. And that I think really creates so much confusion in us. And that is what creates unhappiness. So to go back to your question about where where and how to find that happiness, the, I would say the first thing is really understanding who you are at the essence of who you are. And that is, if, if people don't know how to do that, I would say the first thing to do is be okay with spending time alone. You know, alone doesn't mean lonely. And a lot of people are scared of being alone because they're scared of being lonely. For me, the worst thing about being, it's not, sorry, let me rephrase that. It's not about the worst thing. For me, what's worse is being lonely when you're with people versus you being alone. 
because lonely is when you're disconnected with your higher self and learning how to connect yourself with your higher self is what will create a lot of joy I love that so are you still battling with your family have they come to peace now that that you have found your path (laughs) a long time ago in fact I mean to be honest even when I was very successful, my family had come to peace with it and they were already very proud of me. So it wasn't really my direct family, but I was getting a lot of sarcastic remarks from people outside my family. And also because, like I said, you know, I think it was a double whammy. One was I was very educated and second was I was very much in my male energy. And so that was a massive threat to the male in my community. And so when I learned to become more okay with just, um, I used to think power was loud. I used to think being powerful means, you know, really having to prove who you are. But once I started becoming more and more in tune with myself, I realized power is actually silence. It doesn't mean that I will um, tolerate things which are not acceptable, but I have a different way to communicate it. And I can get the point across and get myself heard instead of making all that noise without getting myself heard. So to me, that's a very powerful thing. And that's where the feminine energy comes from. Power of silence. What a, a, set, a fantastic expression. And, and what I'm hearing from this entire talk is, is the empowerment that's been shining through throughout the whole conversation that the, the dimming of light is absolutely not happening anymore. You know, there's, there is no alternative to this. And you have been able to tap into this wonderful balance of energy that you've achieved now. How will people get in touch with you, Mina? What's the best way of of reaching out to you? Uh, There are a couple of ways they can reach out to me. One is they can um, DM me on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn and my LinkedIn is Mina Kumari Adnani. And the second thing is they can actually email me as well. My email is mina at strongandshine.com. And my website is strongandshine.com. Fantastic. So unlearn to relearn, be more in tune with your spiritual abundance and focus on the why. Clearly yes. that's, you know, focus on why is, is what we're advocating. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're advocating here. Mina, it's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story. And I'm delighted that you have taken yourself from that experience of, of lack through to abundance to then encourage and empower many others to step forth into their own space even if that as you said is just a simple step each day just to get closer to what they want to achieve how would you like to close out the episode today Mina I would really like every single person listening to this to know that it doesn't matter what you're going through it doesn't matter where you are in your journey it doesn't matter what you have been through you have the power to rewrite your story. I have been able to do it and I've been able to help so many women do it. And I know that anyone listening to this is able to do the same. It doesn't matter how old they are. 
How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.